Here it is again and again for you and Parati. It's the Bakotunes podcast brought to you by Bakotopia.com. Right now, episode 46 features La Reina, the queen of rock en español, pop en español, español en español, the whole musical kingdom. If you don't know who it is, you're about to become acquainted with the one and only Julieta Venegas. I was lucky enough to have a one-on-one interview for Moss Magazine with this accordion slinging rockera before her show at the Wiltern Theater in Los Angeles, California on November 17, 2006, kicking off the latest tour in support of her fantastic CD, Limon y Sal. Throughout the interview, you're going to hear Julieta Venegas talk about everything from her musical beginnings in Tijuana, playing with rock and Espanol groundbreakers Tijuana No, her independent spirit, and where she gets her inspiration for songwriting from. You're also going to find out who she'd like to have a dream duet with. Get to know Julieta Venegas right here on the Beko Tunes podcast brought to you by Bakotopia.com. Okay, I'm here with Julieta Venegas. It's Friday, November 17, 2006 at the Wiltern Theater. She's headlining the show right now. Los Super Elegantes are up. How is the tour going so far, Julieta? Oh, it's going great. I mean, these are the first shows we're doing in the States with this new album with Limonizal. Uh, we've been doing mostly dates in Mexico and Spain. So this is all oh, when we did a few dates in, in Central America also. So this is actually the first dates we're doing. And I mean, actually, this is the first date, you know, in Los Angeles. And then we're going to Fresno tomorrow and then San Francisco. Well, congratulations on the, the uh, best Latin alternative Latin Grammy that you oh, just thanks. won. How does it feel to keep collecting these awards? Because I know you're kind of on a roll right now, I've noticed. I've been winning awards a lot in Latin America and stuff like that. How does that feel? Well, I mean, it feels good, but I don't, I don't, I don't think that's the, the, that's what it's about, really. I mean, it's great to, to receive them. I mean, it's, I mean, the Grammy is something, it's like a recognition from people from the same industry and the one that I'm, you know, that I'm working in. And then something like MTV is the public. So they're really, they're, on a personal level, they're great, you know, to get, to get. Uh, and at the same time, I think that the important things really happen elsewhere, you know, it's not there. The important things happen when you connect with the public on a show, when you know that people are listening to your album, when somebody comes up to me and says, hey, you know, I heard the song, and this is what I thought, and this is what happened to me, and, and it's totally describing what I feel. So I think it's more different, I mean, I mean, it's really cool, but the really important things are, I think, are elsewhere. The performing and connecting with mm-hmm. fans, of course. Uh, where were you born and raised? I was born in in Long Beach, but I was raised in Tijuana. Really, I didn't know that. I thought it was you were in born Tijuana and raised in Tijuana. Yeah. yeah, well, I am. Part, I mean, I'm, I'm from Tijuana because I never lived mm-hmm. anywhere else. The thing is that my parents had the papers to for us to be able to be born. I mean, they had the papers to live in the states, but they never actually moved there. Mm-hmm. They always lived in Tijuana. So since they had the papers, they wanted us to be born in the states, so we had you know more opportunities in case whatever we wanted to do. So we have both nationalities. But I've been living in Mexico City for. I don't know, for a long time, for like 12 years. At what age did music become an important part of your life and when did you become a performer? Well, since I started playing piano when I was eight, it, it, it instantly had a special place for me in my life because mm, I'm from a really chaotic family. We're all like crazy and we were four kids. I mean, now we're six, but we were four kids when I was growing up and it was like crazy. And and to find something that was mine, you know, like my space, music very fast became my territory because I was the one who was into it. I was the one who kept on going to piano lessons. And I was the one who eventually, I was the only one who stayed in piano lessons. All my other sisters and my brother just left left the classes and they, they didn't developed that part and for me it just became like you know like my identity in a way oh and then a performer I, I mean I I, uh, I was always very shy I mean I've always been very shy about I'm not like you know somebody who the, who you know spontaneously will say oh I'm gonna play a song and you know have 
you know, play over with friends or whatever. Uh-huh. I don't do that. I'm, I'm really shy about it. But a friend of mine invited me to play in his band when I was in high school. He, he invited me to play keyboards and then from then on I started, play, I started singing also. And I think it was from then that I, that I realized that I, I enjoyed the creative side of music, not just interpreting classical music, mm-hmm. but actually, you know, improvising or writing or singing or writing lyrics and writing songs. And that's when that part came out. And, and that was, must have been when I was like 16. How many instruments do you play besides piano and accordion? I don't, I don't really play well anything besides the piano, but I do play guitar, and I try to play. I mean, accordion, and I try to play guitar, and I and I, I just like to play instruments that I can't really control. You know, I love I love playing bass, but I'm not a bass. I'm not a good bass player, but I enjoy seeing what comes out in an instrument that I don't know what's mm-hmm. you know that I don't really know very well. And that's what I like about music. You know, I don't have to know and you know control an instrument to be able Limit to play it. I just and, yeah. you know see what comes out when I. That's how I learned to play the accordion by actually writing songs in it and playing it. I mean, I mean it's very close to the piano anyway. Mm-hmm. But and for me, it was like it's always like a game and kind of I'm just curious, you know. Who are your musical influences? Well, songwriters especially, um, Tom Waits, Caetano Veloso, Jose Alfredo Jimenez, or uh, I like Café Tacuba. I mean, I just like people who who find their own identity, and I'm I mean, and I'm a big fan of songs. You know, I just like a, I like to listen to a good song and to somebody who can create their own world, you know, with with songs. Are you into Los Tigres del Norte? I've, I've I seen love Los Tigres del Norte. Yeah, yeah the, I've I've listened to them since I was a kid. I mean, mm-hmm. through my mom, obviously. But um, but I love Los Tigres. I Norteño music just kind of gets you know it really gets to you, and it, also ranchera and you know I mean, cause Alfredo, I think it's just like part of. Yeah. my identity just like any Mexican. Are you aware that you've really helped to popularize the accordion outside of Latin and European culture? Like, do you ever think about that? When you, you pick up the accordion, everybody goes crazy. And I know that you see it, especially in, like, in the Mexican audiences, Latin America, because you know, accordion is such a part of the culture in, and in Europe. But I mean, it's kind of like going beyond that now. You come to play in the States. Well, it's something that I enjoy. And I mean, I think the accordion is has very different um, connotations. It has different places where it's coming from I mean folk music but also I mean when I started playing it it wasn't just for Norteña music it was because I loved the way Los Lobos were using it or Tom Waits was using yeah. it I mean it, it has so many references you know mm-hmm. I mean you 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 can think that about folk music or about Norteño music but you you go to to Europe and in Italian music and Mediterranean music it's used a lot so it's an instrument that kind of can you know it, it reminds you of a lot of different things mm-hmm. uh, to me it just um, I just like it, like it that that it always makes me feel like I'm touching the earth when I'm playing accordion. It makes me feel like you're 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 using something that's organic, you know. It's yeah. so like ah, the air of it and the strength of it, and I really like it. Did you get involved in the alternative scene? Was that when you talked about you joined a band in high school? Was that Tijuana No? Was that was that was that Chantaje? Group? That was be- uh-huh. before Tijuana No. Uh-huh. It was the same people, but. It was a band they did before Tijuana and it was called Chantaje. How did you envision yourself developing as a solo artist? Was there, did you have any sort of plans of what you wanted to do as far as music? Would you want to stay in a band or did you want to become a solo artist? Mm, I had no idea. I, I, I think I wanted to make a band, but I didn't want to be, I didn't want it to be so collective. I mean, when I was with Chantaje, um, it was like all of us were kind of letting ideas. It was six people who had like their own ideas and who wanted to write their lyrics. And so that for me was too much. I realized that I wanted to do something that was more personal. I mean, lyric wise, and I wanted to develop 
more of a sound of my own, you know, and that, and I didn't, I didn't feel I was doing it in a band. I've read, well, you said that, that you were born in Long Beach. Did you, did you spend a lot of time in the States or did you spend most of it in, in Mexico? Well, both sides. I mean, I spent, uh, I mean, not, uh, everything, school and, and everything was in Tijuana. Mm -hmm. I mean, all the lessons that we took, we took like dancing lessons and piano lessons, everything was in Tijuana. But we would go to to Chula Vista a lot to see I don't know to see my cousins or to to the supermarket. My mom like going to the supermarket there. We'd go to the movies. I mean, you spend a lot of time there. Yeah. You know? Did, how much does it influence your artistry? I think a lot because I also grew up watching American TV. I mean, it was easier to watch American TV than to watch Mexican TV when I was growing up. So that's how I learned English, and that's basically I mean you learn from you know a lot when you're a kid. Especially. The media. Uh, your last CDC and then your latest CD. Limonisal have some similar themes with love and relationships. Do you pull a lot of the subject matter from personal experiences? Yeah, well definitely. I mean, I think yeah. everything you write has to do with the way you you think or the way you feel about things, not necessarily the anecdote of, of something happened to me and then I wrote this, but mm -hmm. yeah, it has a lot to do with the way that I think. So yes, it's obviously yeah. autobiographical. Because I know it's like on C, you know, everything from the from the CD cover seems like it was very much like a love album. And then Limoni Sal comes out, and some of the some of the songs I'm listening to, I'm like, it's, it's kind of maybe like a love hangover songs, mm -hmm. but you're not giving up on love. Am I kind of hitting the nail on the yeah, head with that? I mean, it's different versions about it, but I think it's mostly love songs. I like writing about love, you know, and the end of it, and the beginning of it, and and when it's good, when it's bad. I mean, it's what inspires me. Um, C was an experiment for me because I'd never written a happy love song and I felt like writing about that and I just went the whole way and just became, you know, made it like into a super happy love record and I, because I'd never done it before. Mm -hmm. So I just went crazy writing songs like that because I felt I was doing something different than what I had done before. I had, I knew perfectly well how to write about uh, melancholy and then, you know, feelings of, of maybe being sad or being doubtful and I mean, I'd written about feelings like that but I'd never written about being happy and mm -hmm. just being sure about something and telling it to somebody I never flirted in my song so I kind of wanted to you know see how how that would work you know I mean that's basically the way that I that I work when I'm writing I'm, I mean I just kind of want to try different things you know and, and mm -hmm. open different doors so. you did a great job because I love I love them <laughs> okay Thanks. with the with the violence in Tijuana right now between the narcos the law enforcement and you know of course the, the immigration um, do you ever think about, do you ever want to write songs dealing with some of those subjects? It's really hard to write about that. Um, I don't live in Tijuana. I haven't mm -hmm. lived in Tijuana yeah. for a long time. My family lives there. But as I was saying, when I sit down to write, uh, it's hard for me to write about that. Mm -hmm. I can have an opinion about it. I can worry about it. I can think about it. But when I sit down to write, it's not what I want to write about. Your popular is obviously grown with each release. How do you keep life in perspective, like normal day-to-day -day life? Well, that's the most important thing for me. I mean, I want my life to be normal, so it's going to be normal. I mean, I think we, everybody chooses the way they want to live their lives. And I refuse to change the way that I live. I refuse to change my friends. I refuse to change, you know, I, I don't think things are, are, you know, that now I have to become a different person because that's not the way that I think. I think, you know, I, I like my life, you know, and, and, and if I stop getting inspired out of the, the, the life that I've always enjoyed, you know, I don't want to, you know, just become somebody else. You know? mm -hmm. Will you ever release a CD in English? I don't, I don't like to say never, but it's not something that I think about. It. It's not something that interests me. You know, I mean, I, I like writing songs in the language that I'm used to feeling things in and talking things in the language that my mom speaks to me in. 
um, I don't see myself translating songs to English to, you know, I, I mean, I'd rather just translate the songs to, to an American public and say, see, this song is about this and that. Yeah. But I think the best way to know my music is to know it the way that I'm inspired to write it. Do, with a, like kind of like what's happening with Shakira and some of the other artists, Ricky Martin, you know, before her, do the do the record companies that kind of pushing you to do that? Do you ever feel that kind of pressure? Um, I don't think my career and my mi trayectoria has anything to do with what Shakira and Ricky Martin are about. I mean, and I think my com record company knows that. They, they respect, respect you me. On that. No, they respect the the. They respect the kind of uh, career that I want to make for myself mm -hmm. because since they signed me, they knew I wasn't like, oh, this like perfectly commercial. I mean, what I'm doing is something that's more personal, maybe. Mm -hmm. And and to me, it's important. The respect that my company has for me has been the reason why I signed with them. So yeah. it's not. It's never been something that we talked about. It's nothing that something that they asked me because they know. I mean, mm -hmm. they know that I'm not interested in doing it. You know? Million of young fans adore you and especially a lot, a lot of female fans. Is there any image you like to portray to them? I just like to be honest, you know, to just um, be able to, I mean, I, I can't think of myself as an image and, oh, well, this is what I want them to think about me. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, do the things that I do the way that I feel them and express myself the way that I feel like expressing myself. Mm -hmm. Do you see yourself as a sex symbol now that you're really out there, MTV, in other words, how do you feel when they say, Julieta Venegas, sex symbol? Mm, uh, no, I don't feel like a sex symbol. I, I, I've, um, I've always been very shy about, you know, about my physical self, and I always, I've always felt more, more like a, more identified with nerds than, you know, with like, oh, sexy women, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> Is there anything else you'd like to devote yourself to besides music, um, you know, social causes or maybe other business ventures? I'm not a good business person, so I would never think about business. Um, and I mean, if I can, if I can be of help, you know, for different causes, what would worry me would be education, because I think that um, in Mexico, especially, you know, education is something that limits people. I mean, ha not having an education will limit a lot of people, and I think it's something that has Mexico stuck right now. That a lot of people don't have any possibilities because they don't have a complete education. Um, other than that, I think health is also a really important issue. Um, there's a lot of AIDS and there's a lot of there, there's need for more research because it's something that isn't solved yet and there's also a problem of, of, of education with it because a lot of people don't I mean it's unbelievable but a lot of people really don't know about you know the dangers and and you know Catholicism has been something that really stops you know they don't I mean they don't let people use condoms that yeah. means uh, the death of millions of people so you know that's something like another thing women's rights I mean it's unbelievable that we still talk about women's rights but people women are still discriminated in Latin America in Mexico so yes there's a lot of things that worry me and that you know I like to be able to participate when I can so those would be three things that really worry me. Uh, what other artists are you currently listening to right now? I'm listening to Flaming Lips. I'm crazy. If, uh, I mean, it's unbelievable that I've never really gotten into them that much, but I've, I've gotten into them lately. Architecture and Helsinki, I'm crazy about them too. They're pretty, they're fun, and I like their the way they use instruments. I'm going back to Tom Waits. <laughs> I'm crazy about Tom Waits. There's a... What, would you ever think about doing a duet with Tom Waits? You think remember? about yeah. it. I would be crazy about it. <laughs> you dream it. about it, like yeah. Yes, like, of course. I would love to meet him. I'm such a. I mean, I want to be Tom Waits. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to at least, you know, touch the soul, you know, the soul of his feet and, and and everything that he's done, you know, creatively and, you know, everything that he's about, you know, he's just like so. He, you know, he he would 
I don't know, I'm, I'm just a big fan, you know. No, I mean, I, he's I someone who yeah. won't compromise anything, who's gr made his own universe, and it, you know, it's amazing. I just, I'm, I can't wait to listen to his new album. It's coming out already. It's not, I don't think it's out yet, but it's coming out already. So crazy. Really Are you an interest in acting? Going, uh, getting into Hollywood stuff? Mm, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I would be curious about it. Not in, I mean, not, not in, I, I wouldn't take it seriously because I'm not a good actress and I have much respect for good actors because I love cinema, but I'm, I'm really more interested in doing something in music. I, I mean, music for, for film. Or, I used to do s stuff for theater and I think music for film would be fun. Mm -hmm. But, um, I mean, acting just because it would probably be fun to do, but I can't take it seriously. I'm, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd be a good actress. <laughs> Uh, well, you know, your songs have been a lot of used in a lot of movies, like you know, Amores Perros, and and uh, I've heard your songs pop up in a lot of different places. Would you ever do an entire soundtrack? You ever thought about, or have you ever done an See, entire that's soundtrack? See, that's what I mean. The score oh. would be fun, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, no, I've never done something like that. Uh, so what's next for Julieta Venegas after Limon y Sal, the tour, everything's completed, what's next? What I have, have no idea, and I think it's better not to know. I mean, uh, this year we're going to end it by doing shows, and then next year we're going to do, uh, I think we're probably just going to be playing a lot, hopefully, next year. Mm -hmm. You know, if everything comes out all right. And um, in here in the States, and we're going to Europe also to do a lot of shows over there, and, and obviously Mexico. Your manager told me that, that your mom and you got some family here. Is it? Do you get nervous when you know your mom's out there in the audience? More happy when I know that she's here, and just happy because I mean, even if I mess up, even if everything comes out wrong, my mom's gonna be happy to be here and proud of me. So that you know, that's the good thing about you know. That's beautiful. You know, about having well, I thank you very much, Julieta, for taking your time. I know you have a busy schedule, and wish you continued success. Big fan. We're both big fans. Oh, and thank you. It was. This is a big pleasure and honor to be here in your presence. Really appreciate it. Oh, thank very you. proud. It's Latinos. <laughs> Thanks. Uh -huh. Here's a song by Julieta Venegas from her CD Limon y Sal. This is Sin Documentos.
Special thanks to Julieta Venegas for taking time to chill with Mas Magazine and Bakotopia. Also, a shout out to her management and Sony Latin BMG for being so accommodating and hospitable during our visit. For more information on Julieta Venegas, visit her official website at julietavenegas.net. Hasta la próxima. Peace.